0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Daily Roundup on this, a Monday, September 18th, 2023. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. Do you know, folks, today is National Cheeseburger Day and my co-host was going to begin the show by eating a cheeseburger right on air, but she decided that idea might be a little too cheesy. Anyway, she is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is my beloved friend, Sheila gunn Reid. How you doing there, Sheila?
1: I'm great. I didn't know that cheeseburgers <laughs> were an option to eat on air. I sort of sneak my little snacks in between when we're showing video clips, but if I can just scarf a cheeseburger on air, that sounds great. Um, I don't Nor reminds me of the time that Ezra was on InfoWars with Alex Jones. Oh, yes. And while Ezra was talking, Alex Jones inhaled (laughs) a UFO flying saucer sized burger. And you just saw him sort of get the bag. And then Ezra talks. And then you see like it's almost all gone, like moments later. And then Ezra talks some more. And then they come back. And then it's completely gone. And nobody noticed it for years. I was like, did you anybody else see Alex Jones just inhale a burger while he was on air with Ezra? But yeah, that's my favorite burger eating incident on air. Probably the only one, actually, that I can recall.
0: You know, that is a true talent. But I think what we (laughs) have to do for next year, Sheila, I noticed the wordage is National Cheeseburger Day. And super producer Efren informed me that unlike... U.S. fast food restaurants like Wendy's and McDonald's where they're discounting the cheeseburger today south of the border. Uh, Here, it's business as usual in Canada. So maybe we need to start a petition to make it International Cheeseburger Day because I really feel like I'm getting ripped off that there's absolutely no significance to this day by the likes of McDonald's and Wendy's and Burger King in Canada. That's that's just a, a darn shame, wouldn't you say, Sheila?
1: It's National First Love Day also, which I believe is probably a cheeseburger for you, given how much you keep talking about it. Um, It's (laughs) Hug a Greeting Card Writer Day. Um, Okay.
0: That must be a tough slug these days with the internet. Uh, Greeting cards, I imagine, is a bit of a sunset industry, isn't it, Sheila? I mean, aren't a lot of people outsourcing their greeting cards to... um, You know, the electronic sphere.
1: Yeah. And, you know, people like you sort of make greeting cards painful to receive because you circle the price tag at the back to show just how much effort you've put into all of this.
0: And, you know, as much as I love Dollarama, recently, uh, Lady Menzoni and I celebrated our uh, blank anniversary. And I went to Dollarama. To look for the $1 card, which has $450 or $599 printed on the back. Wow. And Sheila, ugh, I have bad news to report. Every card, at least in the anniversary category, said $1 on the back, meaning the actual price mm-hmm. I paid for it. Shame on you, Dollarama. You made me look like a cheapskate this
1: year. We all know <laughs> you're a cheapskate. <laughs> I think a woman's been married to you for decades and she doesn't know that you're a painful, painful cheapskate. Anyway, we should tell everybody what we're doing here today. David and I just spent two weeks together in the Holy Land and um, we're back at it reunited and it feels so good. As I frequently say, the band's back together. Um, This is the Rebel News daily live stream. It's normally hosted by my friend David Menzies, as is the case today, and a rotating cast of characters, including myself as co-host. Excuse me, I'm putting my watch on. Um, And this is a great way for us to interact with each other, as though I didn't get enough David over the last two weeks, but also interact with you at home, And it uh, helps us actually democratize the show experience. Let me explain that to you. So you can watch us on the censorship platform of YouTube if you're still over there. Um, We have roughly 1.5 million YouTube subscribers. That's a lot of eyeballs. We don't want to abandon you, even though you're watching us on, as I said, a censorship platform where we can't speak everything that's on our minds. But if you are considering watching us on a platform that doesn't care about your politics, which is how I want it. I don't want them to agree with me. I just want them to not care about mine. Might I suggest watching us over on rumble over on odyssey as well, On both of those platforms, it allows you to support the work that we do completely willingly. So you can do something called a paid chat on Rumble. It's called a Rumble Rant. On Odyssey, it's called a Hyper Chat. And if you leave, I think the base minimum is $5 US. Um, We'll read your question, query, comment, story idea on air. But don't hesitate to leave a comment or donate a little bit underneath that because sometimes just at random, We'll pick a, a free chat or one of the uh, lower dollar value chats to read on air. So um, it, as I said, that's where you get to democratize the show. You get to have your say. And unlike the mainstream media, not only are we not funded by Justin Trudeau, we rely on your support at home, but we also care about what you think about the work that we do here at Rebel News. We leave the comment section open. And in fact, we invite your comments, which is um, a dying art. Uh, if you take a look at some of the other. Trudeau colonized media.
0: So true, Sheila. And I can see that while we were off in Israel and Dubai, uh, our colleagues back here on the home front were doing great work. I speak specifically of Alexa Lavoie and uh, Lincoln Jay, uh, who were at, what was it called, Um, the it says here, the globalist summit of Montreal. Global. I, I, don't, you know, it, I don't think that was the really actual on, name. <laughs> it, could,
1: it could have been a uh, truth in advertising there, but it's called the global action summit oh, there you in go. Montreal. Um, and so it was polluted with the um, progressive cabal of the Western world, Christy Freeland, Jacinda Ardern, Tony Blair. Um, and they thought they would have an easy go of it in Montreal. However, they did not. Um, Our journalists were on the street holding the politicians to account. And it's quite fascinating uh, because this this was really sort of a hidden conference. They didn't really want anybody to know about it. Um, And, you know, the mainstream media, if they were there at all, they would report it glowingly. Um, but our journalists went there to speak truth to power, which is the job of journalists in case the mainstream media forgot.
0: And, you know, what was very interesting, Sheila, is that uh, our own Lincoln Jay made uh, headlines around the world. Well, maybe not headlines, but mentions around the world in the world press um, for having the utter audacity to <laughs> ask the former New Zealand prime minister. Um, how much fossil fuel did you burn right. to get over uh, here to Canada, yes. half a world away. <laughs> and, you know, you know, isn't that telling? The idea, and I think that's a very fair question to ask. You're sure. all about, you know, lowering uh, emissions, reducing your carbon footprint. There's the Daily Mail. And yet Packled. you're on a plane uh, coming here. I, and don't we have the ability, Shield, in this day and age, surely that's one thing we surely learned from uh, COVID, was Zoom and Skype, that you don't actually have to be physically in the room yeah. with the technology of today. But, no, there's those nice dinners, and uh, I'm sure it was first class around the way. They weren't stuffing themselves into uh, stowage class right. uh, like we had to when we go on trips. And um,
1: they- It was like Snowpiercer back there. It was really something else. Um, but, yeah, these are this same insufferable ghouls. Who told us that Christmas could be done on Zoom, saying goodbye to your dying relatives, that could be done yep. on Zoom? Everything could be done digitally your birthdays, church, communing with your uh, faith community, that could be done on Zoom as though I can take communion over Zoom. They told us that's the best way to do things. And yet, as I say, these insufferable ghouls like Jacinda Ardern <laughs> will literally circumnavigate yep. the globe on first-class or private jet to go somewhere to lecture you about the carbon footprint of your SUV so that you can have a comfortable, safe drive to work to pay their never-ending taxes.
0: And, of course, Arden didn't have an answer. Um, She wasn't prepared for an insensitive question.
1: (laughs) Also, let's just stop and, uh, like, go back to how the mainstream media reported. A prickly yet relevant an entirely reasonable question that the mainstream media is too lazy or incurious or too colonized by government mm-hmm. money to ask they described it as heckling it wasn't yeah. heckling that's just a journalist doing their damn job wouldn't it be nice if more than more people than just a handful of independent journalists in this country actually did their jobs and asked these people as they pull up in their motorcade uh, why are you worried about my SUV? Look at all yours. Um it, it's it's astounding. By the way, let's we have a clip yes. of Lincoln's question. Let's go to it instead of me yeah. describing it over check and over out again. No
0: heckling. Oh, heckling. Hey, how are you? How much fossil fuels did you burn coming here to talk about climate change? Leave her alone. Leave hey, her alone. You want not- a sidewalk? No, leave her alone. You can't touch leave me. Leave her alone. You leave her alone. Does that make sense? You leave her alone. Does that make sense? And leave right, her alone. Stop.
2: You cannot touch me. Leave her alone.
0: You can't put your hands on me.
1: Oh, look at that puke hiding his face. Dude,
0: you can't touch me like that. I'm on a sidewalk, okay? Please leave. I'm not on the property. Leave the former prime minister alone. Sorry? Just leave the former prime minister alone. Yeah?
2: You can't put your hands on me like that, eh? Just so you
1: know. Okay, so uh, hang on here. Question, that's Sheila. that's <laughs> not heckling. He, yeah. When you start off with, hey, how you doing? How many fossil, how much fossil fuels were burned for you to get here? That's not heckling. That's a question. He wasn't like, hey, lady, uh, stupid former prime minister, whatever. No, he asked a reasonable question. And that kid who put his hands on Lincoln. I think he works for the government, by the way. He's got his little Canadian lapel pin. I think we've figured out who he is and he's gonna be in a world of trouble when we're done with him. By the way, if you're watching this, buckle up, big guy. You're gonna be in big, big, big trouble for putting your hands on our journalists. But even after Lincoln gets manhandled by this awful government staffer, he even responds politely. He's like, hey, by the way, you can't put your hands on me. Yeah, Can't put your hands on me.
0: I wonder if he was nine meters away from the entrance, Sheila. Isn't that the no smoking law these days in most Canadian municipalities? Right. So again, one law for thee, one law for uh, me when it comes to uh, at least that smoking pig. Um, I'm glad we might know who he is. And uh, again, we have to remind people that you're entitled to, I don't know, your opinion, Uh, but you can't get handsy on us, right? Yeah. And I mean, the audacity of that, and that is not the definition of heckling. You know, I've been at sports matches where I've seen heckling, right? You You should see me at wrestling.
1: Oh, You should see me at wrestling. I'll heckle people to tears. (laughs) Um, That's not heckling. That was mild. That's a Lincoln doing his job as a plight. But uh, assertive journalist.
0: Yeah, that was, and and I think is that the New Zealand uh, newspaper yep. story uh, yeah. where they were, you know, wringing their hands about um, the abuse that oh, former parliamentarians, you know, and you know what? Here's what I would have done if I were her. I would confront uh, Lincoln and say, well, here's why I'm here, and here's why uh, there is a good reason for me uh, to up my carbon footprint, but she's got nothing. That that, no. that looks so bad when you put your head down, like you've just been arrested, and you make a beeline for the door. Um, didn't she think that somebody might ask a question or two about that hypocrisy? But I guess not, Sheila.
1: No, because she's coming to Canada where, as I say, the media is already completely colonized by the mind virus of Justin Trudeau's money. Oh, um, you know what? so And so right. she, she thought, oh, I'm going to have... It's a walk in the park. Trudeau has already taken care of what potential opposition there might be to my appearance in this country. Uh, she just had no idea that we still have independent journalists in this country.
0: You know, I think you're so right. I think she thought... This is a safe haven for me. Not only are these journalists in the mainstream media uh, on board with my worldview being left to far left, uh, but the fact that blackface is their sugar daddy. Uh, They're being paid off to be polite and nice. Um, So I can let my guard down and here comes Lincoln Jay, like the proverbial skunk to the garden party, (laughs) to ask her a completely fair question. To which she has no answer and this is a former parliamentarian give me a break Sheila.
1: well it just shows you how pathetic the mainstream media is in new zealand as well oh yeah Uh, she completely caught flat-footed like if you're a politician you like you look at pierre polyev he can spar with journalists to the left of him but also journalists to the right um and it's almost like a muscle you have to flex constantly Hmm. you the more you use it the stronger it gets Your brain is a muscle, and these politicians are not using their brains. Um, They can't think on their feet whatsoever. They've never even considered that someone might ask them difficult questions. Um, We've got another clip. Yep. Um, Video flashback, Global Action Summit. (laughs) I love how this is described with far-left losers, former (laughs) (laughs) former PM Jacinda Ardern Trudeau. Um, saying when the right wants to draw us into culture wars or wokeness, we'll always be there to stand up for people's rights and also going to be there to put food on the table. How about you just stop taxing us and we'll put our own damn food on the table? Yeah, I don't need, the government is not my sugar daddy. I don't need their help to feed my family. I need them to stop taking my money so that I can. Anyways, let's roll it.
0: And progressives, we fall into the same traps all the time when the right want to draw us into culture wars on issues of identity or wokeness, we've got to be able to say, yes, we'll always be there to stand up for people's rights. But we're also gonna be there to put food on the table, to make sure you have good jobs in a changing world, to focus on the middle (coughs) class and people working hard to join it. And getting that narrative, which is not as easy as just reflecting back and amplifying anger, but that is providing real solutions that people
1: can see
0: and feel and know that we're on the right track. That's the challenge that we're facing when everything feels like dross and and we need to show that no, our institutions work and we can actually respond to these challenges in a tangible, individual way. Unbelievable to hear Blackface talk about putting food on the table. Um, Right now, uh, there's the ongoing story de jure, Sheila, as you know, is um, Blackface uh, rattling his saber at the major grocery giants, which are having record profits. But wait a minute. How did they get into that position? Well, we know from the two and a half years of COVID lockdown, Sheila, It was these grocery giants that could remain open and do business as usual. It was like the little mom-pa grocery stores, which, by the way, could have practiced hygiene and sanitation and social distancing far more efficiently than hangar-sized supermarkets. They were the guys shut down under threat of fine or even going to the jail. So when you eliminate the competition... Of course, uh, sales are going to go up. Oh, and I almost forgot, pre-COVID, Sheila, wasn't it Blackface that gave uh, Loblaw, what was it, $14 million for new refrigerators? Um, Yeah, so what I'm saying is that the grocery giants were aided and abetted by Blackface, and suddenly when um, Blackface needs uh, another villain to demonize and vilify... He's going after them, and what does he want to do? What is he hinting at? Oh, um, a tax. I'll tax you. Do you think if that tax comes to fruition, Sheila, that the likes of Loblaw, Sobeys, Metro, on down are going to just absorb it? No, they're going to pass it on to the consumer. So Blackface thinks he is going to enact the first tax tax in the history of mankind, or people kind, as he would say, that is actually going to enrich the lives of consumers. What a jackass. But then again, this is the guy that said uh, eons ago, the budget will balance itself.
1: Yeah, and remember he said he would grow uh, the economy from the heart outward, whatever that means. Like, just dumb, frivolous nonsense. But, like, this is the guy who is taxing literally every aspect of our lives through an ever-increasing carbon tax, and then he's wondering why groceries are more expensive. Everything moves on a truck. And farmers have inputs... You know, like people accuse farmers of getting rich. We've got inputs and we're price takers, not price setters. Our bottom line is being scraped away constantly by the carbon tax. And for all those of you on the left who suddenly became agricultural experts, (laughs) yes, I don't pay carbon tax on my farm fuel, but I do on grain drying. I do on all the inputs like fertilizer. Um, those are all the additional hidden costs that urban dwellers who never leave the pavement don't understand about groceries and how the food is grown and then how the food gets to the grocery store uh, on freight, on shipping, on everything. Um, anyway, Justin Trudeau, he's, he's decided now he's going to square off with the grocery retailers. Okay, maybe stop giving them money. Let's go to this tweet from Alex Ballingall, Galen Weston. The head of Loblaw's, the man accused of not accused, the company, the head of the company, convicted of price fixing uh, bread, so a food staple on the poorest amongst us. Uh, That those were the people hurt by Galen's price fixing. For a, decade, for a decade, I think, about 10 years. Uh, Galen Weston arrives for government's meeting with Big Grocery this morning. No comment, I bet, because we're not giving him money this time. Government <laughs> is demanding a plan from Loblaws and other big chains to rein in food prices, threatening unspecified action if they don't look. Inflation is a government-created problem. It, maybe the grocery stores are capitalizing on, on it along the way. Maybe not, but... So we're fighting with Galen Weston now. He was your best buddy when you were giving one of the richest families in Canada the uh, money to install new freezers because the freezers were more energy efficient. And simultaneously, you know, like they're phasing out actual people who work in the grocery store. That doesn't seem to bother anybody. So the cost of the groceries keep going up and up and up. And then they uh, phase out people So that all of a sudden you work at the grocery store, um, you're checking out your own groceries, and then you don't even get to put them in a plastic bag because the government has phased those out too. Like it's just, they've destroyed the entire retail grocery industry by their perpetual meddling. And you know what the government's going to do? Meddle more. Yep. Just wait for another transport style airplane airline industry style catastrophe to unfold in the retail grocery industry. The government has to stop trying to fix the things they've broken and leave it up to industry to do it.
0: But Sheila, wouldn't you have loved to have seen Galen Weston grow a set and say words to your point? He's going to walk
1: out of this meeting with more money if I know (laughs) Galen Weston. Oh yeah,
0: but he could say, oh you want to fix grocery prices? How about this? How about The government doing something completely within their power, which is to at least suspend the carbon taxes, which as you said just minutes ago, uh, is screwing over the farmers and the truckers. This is inherently directly involved in getting groceries onto the shelves. He could have said that, but no, he's a politician too. Uh, You don't want to offend blackface in case there might be some more freezer money down the road. So he says nothing. You know, it's absolutely shameful. And um, again, much like enacting the Emergencies Act as uh, Pierre Trudeau, uh, Blackface's father, enacted the War Measures Act back in the early 70s. In the mid-70s, I remember, I'm old enough to remember this, Sheila, that um, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, he tried the ultimate form of meddling with an inflationary economy, which was the wage and price controls, which was wages are capped at 6%. Um, prices are capped at a 5% increase. Uh, yeah. Could you imagine that? Um, why? I, I don't know. Why didn't he uh, in, invoke legislation to uh, determine when the tides are going to come in and out? I mean, it was an absolute disaster. It did nothing in terms of curbing inflation. And, um, and But I guess blackface, if, if daddy did it, I'm going to do it uh, my own way with the grocery giants. I'm just wondering how this is going to pan out. Do you think Trudeau is going to uh, enact a, um, I don't know, a um, a sort of a penalty tax? Um, They're running out of names to call these taxes. But if he does, uh, it's you, I, and our viewers that are going to get screwed, Sheila.
1: Yeah, the grocery retailers aren't going to pay this tax. No. It's just going to get tacked on to the cost of milk one yep. more time. Like the, it's a pass through. <laughs> it always goes down to the consumer. These guys aren't going to pay this additional whatever it is, levy tax, whatever they're going to call it. And, and let, let's just go back to this freezer issue for a second because um the reason that Galen Weston got his grant for new freezers is because keeping food cold is expensive. <laughs> Why is keeping food cold expensive? Because of carbon taxes. So instead of saying, okay, well, we just need to suspend this carbon taxes, just making it too expensive for the retailers and the retailers are passing the additional costs onto the consumer. The government gives Canada's richest family or one of Canada's richest families, $12 million for more freezers. While you and I are like, okay, well, I just, um, I'll just continue to wear two pairs of socks and an additional sweater and perhaps a tuke at home because I can't afford to turn up the heat around the house. But as long as Galen Weston is, you know, getting a little help from the government, I feel good about that.
0: Yeah, maybe Galen Weston can think outside the box, Sheila. And uh, when it comes to freezers and refrigerators, you know, in the ice cream section, for example, um, just have the ice cream in a on a on a shelf and have it liquefied and tell your consumers when you get home, put it in the freezer to refreeze it and then you'll have the experience <laughs> of ice cream as opposed to a milkshake. Mm. Hey, why not?
1: <laughs> you know, let's let's move ahead to because Alexa had some great coverage of the yes. same uh, global action summit, globalist summit. Um Alexa uh doorstepped Christia Freeland, by the way. Justin Trudeau should really teach Christia Freeland how to sit like a lady because only <laughs> one of them sits like a lady with your legs crossed appropriately um and it is Justin Trudeau. So I know it can be done. oh. Um we, we didn't we,
0: have to use the blue dot on this video, did we Sheila?
1: No, what a terror though that was before. <laughs> um that woman just just an absolute clodhopper of a woman. So anyways, <laughs> uh Chrissy Freeland was doorstepped by our Alexa Lavoie um, about the government's new proposed grocery tax. Of course, you can float the idea of a grocery tax. And apparently the liberals think that the people who are eating the groceries and buying the groceries should not be entitled to pose questions to the government who are making groceries more expensive. So she approaches Freeland and then watch what happens next. Apparently now, Hotel employees think it's their right to put their hands on female journalists. And again, if you if you sent a mean tweet to Rachel Gilmore in the last year, you're on some sort of cease this watch list. But Alexa LaVoque can get manhandled, shot at close range by a riot control device. uh, And it's no big deal. Uh, If she were on the left, she would be speaking on feminist panels about the dangers of that female journalists face, but Alexis' politics are all wrong, and so people pretend like she's not that these things don't happen to her. Anyways, I'll shut up. Let's roll the clip.
3: now, Canadian I'm with a so new so taxes sorry, for grocery store. So you sorry, don't man. think that adding a oh. tax on taxes is actually like not helping Canadian? <laughs> Whoa! Who are you? Hi. C'est quoi? Quoi? C'est quoi no. yeah.
1: maintenant? C'est juste le... Listening now. Well, well, that guy all, is.
0: Yeah, all I got to <laughs> say, uh, Sheila, here is holy David Strong. Remember that jabroni from the Radisson Hotel? We went to court. We successfully uh, sued him when he got handsy with Efren and I when we were covering. The uh, another Toronto migrant hotel and decided to get handsy. Maybe we can show that clip later on. Yeah, but what is it about hotel employees who I assume don't have a security license? And even if they did, they're not supposed to get handsy like that. It's too bad we didn't have a, supp- um, a supplementary camera to show how Alexa was getting shoved around by that guy. Um, but yeah. Oh, to-
1: let's, let's, I wonder if the hotel itself has footage they, oh, probably, no shouldn't that. Yep. they probably shouldn't delete that yeah they probably should delete that because we're also going to find out who that guy is you don't get to just put your hands on our journalists yeah. um and by the way freeland will not shut up about feminism right like she is inseparable <laughs> about it but she doesn't even flinch to turn around and say hey put take your hands off that woman No, Freeland completely ignores it. If I saw a leftist woman being assaulted, I wouldn't check her politics and her voting record before I objected to it. But the left seems to think that we need to make sure that there's a values test before we stand up against violence against women. It's appalling. Freeland had a chance to intervene and say, look, get your hands off her. She didn't, she walked away because she doesn't actually care about violence against women or feminism or women's rights or anything like that. She's just a social preener um, to the liberal base. She doesn't care about any of these things.
0: No, you're so right. And it all has everything to do with your political leanings, uh, Sheila. Uh, That's why she cruises through. And by the way, I noticed when I'm running that videotape too, that guy, he points at his name tag, his hotel name. Yeah, he's name. dumb as
1: a stump. Yeah, like
0: like it's his sheriff's badge. Like yeah. he's actually a member of law enforcement. Uh, I think it's coming up just any second now. Yeah, yeah. Look, see my name tag. That <laughs> has my name on it. As a hotel employee, Thanks. you know, I'm uh, I'm the sheriff in these here parts, uh, little lady. Unbelievable. But um, you know, what was the name of that hotel, the by the way, Sheila?
1: I don't know, but these handsy male feminists, they all look the same, don't they? They all have this sort of look about them um, that, you know, Alexa probably could have dropped him like a sack of potatoes. But then the whole narrative is rebel news journalist assaults hotel and play. Oh, yeah. Like, that, that's what it'll be. Um, you know. let, let's uh, move ahead because despite, oh, no. Yes, despite all this, Alexa Lavoie continued to do her work. Um, Even though she's manhandled by a hotel employee. And she found former Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, Tony Blair, and asked him a similar question to what our friend Lincoln Jay put to Jacinda earlier in the day. So let's roll that.
3: Is it not hypocritical to come here with a private jet or with a flight burning a lot of carbon footprint to come here to talk about climate change? Is not a little bit hypocritical?
1: No answer. I Nothing. Know, Never is. Because what could you answer, right? Like, what could you answer?
0: But these are allegedly parliamentarians, uh, Sheila. They should be good with their mouth. That's your number one skill as a politician. Um, Don't you even have a stand pat answer just in case there is some impolite person asking these questions? Apparently not. They just clam up and retreat into their shell like a tortoise.
1: Yeah, because they've never been asked these questions. Like I said earlier, Pierre Polyev, he gets asked tough questions by the left and the right. And his like um, his argumentation muscle in his brain is constantly working and flexing and growing. And then these liberal politicians, they know that the mainstream media and so the journalists, the only journalists they allow into these events are so in agreement with them on everything that they know a prickly question is never going to come their way. And so, yeah, um, Alexa, she was there um, until she was booted because that's how you get kicked out of these summits, these globalist summits is by being disagreeable or at least having a a free thought. That's how I got the entire company kicked out, I believe in perpetuity, uh, from the United Nations Climate Change Conferences.
0: Yes, you did, Sheila, as I found out back in 2018 when I flew all the (laughs) way to Morocco (laughs) because of you. I think you... What was that story that... If you can quickly give us that story. I think it was an insensitive question. Question by you to somebody who is maybe native or partly native. Do I have that right? And and, and that resulted in a um, referee Danny Davis is suspended for life. WWF moment in terms yeah. of rebel reporters being suspended for life for UN events.
1: Yeah, and it was so dangerous, apparently, that they let me finish the conference before banning us, which would have been... A, if they had kicked me out of the conference, it would have been a, a quiet mercy because what a boring bunch of garbage it is inside those conferences. But yeah, there was a guy at the... Incidentally, also in Morocco at the UN Climate Change Conference, and I had been allowed inside, which was probably a big mistake on the behalf of the United Nations, looking back. Um, but there was a, an... Uh, Indigenous chief from southern Manitoba, okay? So southern Manitoba down here, oil sands indigenous chiefs up here, pro-energy, right? They are not invited to these things, by the way. But this guy from southern Manitoba had went there to talk about how the oil and gas industry is ruining the lives of indigenous people. There's no oil and gas development anywhere near his reserve. So I thought I would put that to him. And I asked him, you know, like, basically, who paid for you to come here? Like, did the Canadian taxpayer pay for you to come here? Did your fellow Indigenous people who work in the oil and gas sector, did they pay for you to come here? Do these people know That you are claimed to be speaking on behalf of all indigenous people, but you are disenfranchising the indigenous people who use the oil and gas industry as their way out of generational poverty. You don't speak on behalf of the indigenous bands in Fort McMurray, Fort Mackay, whatever. Um, his uh, press secretary then, he wandered, sort of wandered off. His press secretary tried to hand on me. Didn't put her hands on <laughs> me, though, but she was like, and then she ran off and locked herself in the porta-potties. And so after she locked herself in the porta-potties, she went to the United Nations media guy and said, uh, excuse me, I'd like to report a crime. Yes, there's somebody here disagreeing with me. And so she <laughs> accused me of harassment and then came and uh, the media guy came and he tried to handle me. And then um, they kicked me out of the conferences forever. But again, they let me finish the conference. I was so dangerous and so harassing that they let me put in a full week of work at the conference and then banned us the next time around.
0: Well, well, two things. All of those questions you asked were completely fair and legitimate. And secondly, I Never heard the porta potty part of the story. Was this um, before or after Peter McKay uh, went, ran into the toilets uh, to avoid um, our former colleague Ian Bexty's questioning? I mean, is this the new strategy? Uh, Go into a stall and uh, just wait for the uh, pesky reporter to leave?
1: She was in there for like 45 minutes too. I thought, okay, I've got all cut. I don't, I'm not interested in anything that's actually being discussed at this conference because it's all just a bunch of garbage and um, quite boring. Uh, inside the conference except that it's sort of otherworldly it's sort of this like you're in you're in morocco in the desert but you're inside the conference in this fake city that they've built and it's so cold that i came home with a cold because i was in the air conditioning all day my nose was constantly running and then you walk out into the heat of the moroccan desert every day Um, but so that was the interesting thing like the things that the mainstream media ignored but yeah, she locked herself in the bathroom for like 45 minutes. Finally, I gave up. I was like, oh, look, she's so scared. <laughs> she's going to stay in there forever if I just lurk here. And I, I wasn't trying to be cruel or anything. But yeah, then as soon as she got out, she like tattled off. Oh, let me go back a little. Sorry, it's story time with Sheila. Um, But Prior to us going to the United Nations, like applying to the United Nations Conference, initially they had banned us. They said, actually, uh, you can't come to this thing because we don't allow activist media. Mm. And so I went through the list of media companies that they had accredited and it was like all these climate change activist media. And I'm like, oh, so it's not that you disallow activist media. You don't want skeptics there, which was the problem. And so when we put that to them, like your excuse falls flat, they had to begrudgingly let me in. And then so I know the first time, like the very first tough question I put to anybody, I should have known we would be banned because they were looking for a reason to ban us. So I guess they got their wish.
0: You know, that's so perversely ironic. A- activist media, I would argue you could call most of the mainstream media journalists oh, it. as activists today. I mean, they're on the government payroll. How much of an activist uh, do you have to be in order to accept money from the people that you're ostensibly covering in an unbiased uh, uh, situation? Is It's just baffling. But I got to say... To spend 45 minutes in a porta potty, Sheila, I, I, I consider myself lucky if I can get out of those things in 45 oh. seconds. I mean, they're they're so charming. It, 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 it's such a pleasant experience, porta potty. especially and You know what, I'm, exa- I'm exaggerating. <laughs> it's
1: not like a rodeo porta potty. It was like one of those, because uh, they built a city out of the desert for this thing, a completely disposable city, which will go in the garbage after the end of it all. Thank you, climate change activists. But it was like one of those, like porta potty trailers like a bathroom trailer oh, on I should have skids known that you bring in yes. yeah uh, our our globalist elites are definitely not using the rodeo style porta potties yeah. that uh, i end up using at certain events um but anyways yeah, yeah. it was she she stayed in there just terrified for that god knows sense. how long it wasn't yeah. a
0: Johnny on the spot kind of thing. It was the luxury uh, porta potties. Of course, yeah, it is the yeah, United yeah. Nations. You know Sheila, I think we are overdue yes. for
1: an hour Oh gosh, break. yeah. And let's uh, and then let's go right into the million man march afterwards. Uh, would so love that. I think we'll. Ha- yeah. So let's skip over just so you know, guys. Let's skip over the Polyev clips and we'll go right into the million man march after the break.
3: Thanks. Come on out, November 25th. It's all aboard the Freedom Train in Niagara-on-the-Lake. You can check Rebel News for updates and also the Freedom Passport site. Tamara Leach, who led the Trucker's
0: Convoy, will be sharing the stage with some of the finest international recording artists. Like the Chops Horns from New York City, who's played with Alicia Keys, Stevie Wonder, the Rolling Stones, and many more. Plus, New World Sun, just off a European tour. And the legendary R&B master, Leroy Emanuel. Get on the Freedom Train with Tamara Leach. Saturday, November 25th at Niagara-on-the-Lake Central Community Centre, 680 York Road. Get your tickets today at freedompassport.ca. The Freedom Train is coming.
2: Know your rights. Know your freedoms. Canadians are grappling with news blackouts on social media due to the Justin Trudeau Liberal Government's Bill C-18. This new piece of legislation demands that social media platforms pay the government for news shared by users, which is an inconceivable task for companies like Meta and Google. So as a result, they have decided to preemptively block all Canadian news content, including ours at Rebel News. In response to this, we have since teamed up with VPN provider private internet access to ensure that you can continue to access all of our content across a broad range of platforms while also maintaining your privacy. For only $2 a month, you can bypass Trudeau's new censorship laws while you safeguard freedom of speech and continue to get the news that matters to you the most. Visit piavpn.com slash rebelnews to take advantage of the 84% discount and four months free. As a bonus, PIA has all of its servers located in the United States, not China, and they automatically delete user data from their servers to avoid leaks and government subpoenas for information phishing expeditions. Don't delay, head over to piavpn.com slash rebelnews to stay up to date on the news in Canada and protect your access to it. Don't delay, you don't wanna be left behind.
0: You know, Sheila, in addition to Tamara Leach being a patriot and a freedom fighter and a logistical genius, yes, she really is. She is just so cool, that ad is amazing it's just unbelievable you know and i guess in a way i'm kind of getting my dream to uh, come true it was a dream that was squashed by our colleague dave shrigley dave's a really nice guy and all but i thought of a rebel news variety hour that we could put on and i wrote a song it's called the rock you- song
1: you have dreams of being Bobby Bittman. I know you do.
0: (laughs) Well, I tried it out. I tried out a few verses on Dave Shrigley and he literally laughed in my face. Like, you know, there's two ways of going about that. It's basically the lie and go, Hey, that's pretty good. Or, you know, uh, semi lie and say, you know, it's not my cup of tea, but maybe somebody would like it. But to, on the first verse, Sheila, to laugh in my face like that, to kill my dreams like that. Dave Shrigley, oh, I'm telling you, uh, you know, you better watch it. That, that I still think about that, but it looks like Tamara Leach is uh, going to do the heavy lifting in that regard.
1: She's great. I've seen her perform before she played a concert at the Whistle Stop Cafe. Um, she's awesome. So uh, if you are considering going, don't consider just go <laughs> get your tickets and go um let's go into the million uh man march and then i we've got some updates from the courtroom uh where ezra is covering the pastor art sentencing oh, okay. today so uh team in toronto if we need to break in please let me know uh but the million person march i just before i jumped on to this uh, show I was in an interview with the organizer of the Million Person March, Million Man March, Million People Kind March, um, Camille Al-Sheikh. Um, he's the Muslim dad who is uniting the country, really, in much the same vein as the Freedom Convoy did on this one very important issue that goes across all religions, across cultures. Um against the sexualization and indoctrination of kids in schools by activists and activist teachers. And it's it's really something to see. The march takes place in cities all across the country on Wednesday. Our Rebel News team, I'm not sure if we've made the decision quite yet. We may canceled the live stream that day. And the reason is we have made an F, uh, a decision to focus our journalistic coverage on these marches, because since this is an organic movement of Canadians against the mainstream narrative, you know that the mainstream media will either not cover it at all or do their best to villainize it. And we have to be there to show the truth. So Dre is going to be at a march in BC. We've got the team in Calgary. Uh, Edmonton is all is lost there. <laughs> but I'll be going to uh Regina. Um and it'll be interesting to be in Regina because um Regina, so Saskatchewan and New Brunswick are the provinces who are resisting this stuff and really supporting parents' rights. And so I want to go there to show what it likes to what it's like to win. Uh, when you push back on these things, the, the GTA, I mean, the full team is going to be out or even people who work behind the scenes that you might not normally see their faces. They're going to be out in the field. Alexa is going to be in Montreal. So um, I mean, this is, it, it's, it's really something to see uh, the mainstream media and the government, but I'm probably repeating myself there by making a distinction between those two groups. They really want us to be divided Um, But it's really heartening to see, um, you know, Christians and Muslims and Buddhists and, and Jewish people and new Canadians all coming together to say, no, not my kids, not now, not ever.
0: And Sheila, you forgot one important sidebar element to this story, and that is the anticipated counter-protest being busily organized by public sector unions. Yes, the same unions that our taxpayer dollars fund, uh, all in the name of radical transgenderism, critical race theory, uh, you name it, and there is a fascinating Uh, Zoom meeting of these uh, union people. I watched an
1: hour of it. I watched an hour of it. It was just like, I could not have, like if in my wildest fever dreams where I was trying to parody these people like who I think activist teachers might look like and behave like in the language that they might use I couldn't even get that ridiculous if I were attempting to parody these people. Yeah. Um, I watched an hour of it. It's an hour of my life. I'll never get back, but I'm glad I did it because uh, I, you know, like and I was saying to Camille today, you, in your mind, you suspect that there is a really organized opposition to parents, a really organized, evil, sinister plot to undermine parents' rights, to deeply damage other people's children. You you, you sort of know it in your heart, but yeah. all we can really see evidence of up until now was an activist teacher here or there, an activist union making public statements here or there. But this is the first time we were able to pull back the curtain and see yeah. just how sinister and evil these people are. Teachers organizing against parents to undermine parents to their children. It was absolutely appalling to watch. And the amount of pride flag backgrounds and like trans flag backgrounds in the Zoom call, like their pronouns, they, her, like, I don't know how that works, but uh, they've got all their pronouns and their names. It's just, and calling parents fascists. Excuse me, crazy lady, but you are the ones enforcing the state here. You're the ones enforcing the gender ideology that is being fed to us on behalf of the state. You're those people. You are the fascists undermining the family unit, which is the first thing fascists and communists always attack because it's the building block of society. And people who are are loyal to their family and to God are the people that the state has a hard time controlling. Um, so, but anyways, we've got a clip of this. I could go on and on. But yes, I did put an hour into this. Indeed, and in case up.
0: you think Sheila gunn <laughs> is exaggerating, folks, uh,
1: just
3: uh, check out
0: this look little at the, clip. Look
1: at the trans flag in the top corner. <sighs> that lady has her pronouns. <laughs> oh.
3: um, it, uh, we are seeing a, uh, a set of protests that are all being done simultaneously. Uh, they're all being set for 9 a.m. in each of their time zones. Uh, in every single province of this country, in multiple states of these provinces. And it is really scary. It is extremely <laughs> similar uh, as to what has been happening in the U.S. And we are very, very worried about what could be coming next. Um, we are um, wanting to show a very strong response uh, countering these protests to show that, you know, they even think that there's a possibility of bringing what's happening other places here. We're going to be there to counter it every single uh, step of the way. We want to show a very heavy, many people on this call that have a lot of experience in dealing with this type of thing that can help us keep each other safe and be strong in the response that we're uh, doing as these to these, uh, these hate mongers really
1: now being under the guise
3: of being led by parents. Do you know what? That's, that's by- good.
1: Um, that's good. Uh, because we've got some news from the court room in Lethbridge that mm-hmm. we should get to, but, um, you calling parents hate mongers. Uh, there's one thing in there that made me happy as much as I hate to see, uh, the people paid by our tax dollars, uh, in charge of your kids for seven hours a day, Uh, attacking parents as hate mongers and fascists. You know what was the one thing that warmed my heart in all of this? How scared they are. How scared they are. And they say it. After 40 years of their garbage going unopposed and unabated and completely supported by the mainstream media and the government, they've got opposition now. And so you know what? Let's rumble. You know what? Let's rumble. Finally, someone has stepped up. And it's spreading in cities across all across the country. And these people are fearful. They're scared. They know they're going to lose.
0: I love it. And what does she mean, Sheila, by this type of thing? Uh, this type of thing, meaning a demonstration, a peaceful yeah. protest, much like yeah. how these teachers' unions, at least in Ontario, every two or three years go out on strike. You know, it's for the kids, right? It's for the kids that we're uh, withholding our services. Uh, their demonstrations are okay but suddenly those who oppose their Marxist views, and this is Marxism, Sheila. Oh, sure. This is, is all yep. about attacking the nuclear family. This is mm-hmm. Marxism 101. Tear it down. These are a bunch of Marxists that are with Uh, both the teachers' unions and the school boards these days. This is why they're promoting radical transgenderism. This is why they're promoting critical race theory. And uh, you're right. You're absolutely right. Finally, someone is standing up to them. Of course, if we were to reach out to Blackface, he would say that uh, Camille has obviously been influenced by the far Right, white supremacists in the United States to do this. I'm serious, that's what he would say. That, oh, I know. Because he doesn't want to be seen attacking uh, Muslims uh, directly. So it. what do you think is going to happen, Sheila? First of all, that number, one million, that's a lot of people. Uh, do you think that target will be reached?
1: I'm not sure, and I don't think it really matters. Uh, as I said, this is the first time these maniacs have ever been opposed in forty years, and it looks their fear looks good on them. Um, they said something in there that I I thought was quite striking when they said, um, "Oh darn, it just completely slipped my mind." Um, shoot, I was just thinking about what happened in the Lethbridge courtroom, and all my other thoughts oh. vaporized from my mind. Um what well, but- let- Let's get to the Lethbridge news. Let's get to the Lethbridge news. But anyways, for those of you who want details, um, I think you can just look Million Man March on Facebook and find a city close to you. And if you are tired of teachers undermining your authority as a parent, and if you're tired of your government allowing teachers to undermine your authority as a government, perhaps it's time to get out there and protest and ask your government to follow the lead of Saskatchewan and New Brunswick and put parents first because parents are the first and best educators of every child and the school system should be taking direction from the parents and not these activist maniacs who are, think that they are in direct conflict with parents and who think they know what's best for your kids. Their fear just warms the cockles of my heart. It does. Um, Let's go to the Lethbridge courtroom. Uh, We've got uh, news from the Lethbridge courtroom. Ezra is there on the ground. Let's mm-hmm. go to his uh, this tweet. Pastor Archer Pelowski sentenced to 60 days in prison. That's for no. Hang tight, guys. This is good and bad. So sentenced to 60 days in prison. They are appealing his conviction, but he's going to sentencing anyway. So um, we'll get credit for 60 days time served. Ah. Oh. They won't, I think, at one point they wanted the maximum here. Um, so we're still appealing the sentence and his conviction. Um, you can do that at uh, savearcher.com. So he's going to walk out of court a free man today. So, as, as Ezra said, uh, court's over. Archer walks free, no jail time other than what was served. And there were huge cheers from the hallway when Archer walks out of the courtroom. So, um, uh, also good news that uh, the judge also rejected the prosecutor's claim that archer engaged in hate speech by giving um a sermon a, a christian sermon to truckers at the border um who were uh, as part as part of a satellite protest to the freedom convoy the anti mandate fr- mandate freedom convoy that was in ottawa last end of january halfway through february truckers were blocking the border in Coots, alberta um, Ian Simone was on the ground, Sid Fizzard also on the ground in Coots, Alberta for really the duration of the blockade there. And I think that blockade truly set Albertans free because we watched our premier at the time, Jason Kenney, go from, oh, we're going to drop the um, vaccine passport in two weeks. And then it was like at the end of the week. And then they were like, oh, actually at midnight today. <laughs> sure. and it, was, it was because uh, the truckers were very clearly blocking the border. And as the, um, and as a result of that, there are truckers down there facing mischief charges and aren't faced, um, but really a, a counterterrorism charge, um, crit- blocking critical infrastructure. It's a law designed to uh, prevent eco-terrorists from harming pipelines. And instead, they never used it for that. Uh, instead, they used it on a pastor who gave a, a speech to the truckers about peaceful civil resistance yeah. uh, for that he was you know convicted and uh, now as you see given 60 days in jail but he spent so much jail time uh, pre-trial that he will walk free now we cannot let this conviction stand and so there is an appeal in place and Arts got really truly one of the best civil liberties lawyers in the entire country Sarah Miller oh um, yes She's, she's absolutely the best one. Sharp cookie, funny cookie, true believer in freedom for everybody, even people she fundamentally disagrees with. Um, and if you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation to make sure that this doesn't set any sort of legal precedent, you can go to savearcher.com.
0: And again, uh, thank goodness the big boss man, Ezra himself, is down there covering this, uh, Sheila, because uh, you just can't trust how the mainstream media is going to spin this.
1: No, no. Look, uh, 150 people outside the courtroom this morning chanting uh, their support for Archer. I mean, it's just it's appalling that it it got this far. It's appalling that there's a conviction in place. Um, We're going to do our best to make sure that that doesn't stand through our partnership with the Democracy Fund. Uh, That's Canada's top civil liberties charity. Um, that's been helping Art since the very beginning, um, doing their best to get all of his pandemic tickets kicked out and then now all of his other legal troubles. So um, anyway, so good news and bad news today in uh, Lethbridge, but um, appeal in progress.
0: I'm just a little um, gobsmacked by viewing all of those hate symbols outside the court, Sheila. Crosses, Crucifixes? Canadian flags. <laughs> it's just i i think i need a a cup of tea to settle myself
1: (laughs) yeah you know you and i just came back from israel and it doesn't matter whether you're on the left or the right everybody flies the israeli flag but in canada apparently the canadian flag has been co-opted by uh radical Mm -hmm. uh fascist nationalists if you would pay attention to the mainstream media it's uh Quite bizarre, what they've <laughs> no, allowed and, our country to become.
0: No, and you don't exaggerate. Whenever, whenever I'm at one of these freedom uh, demonstrations, uh, I always, I'm always drawn to the big macho pickup trucks with the hockey stick in the bed with the Canadian flag, and I, I talk to these guys and gals, and they're just the greatest salt of the earth people, Sheila. And incredibly, what they all tell me the same consistent story when they're driving around with their Canadian flag flapping in the wind from the hockey stick. Not a single day goes by where a motorist passes them by and gives them the finger, right? This yes. idea of a Canadian flag on a hockey stick to the loony left is uh, deemed to be a hate symbol. It really is our own nation's flag. Um, It's, uh, you know, Sheila, it's just just mind boggling. Uh,
1: It is. Uh, So I'm sure Ezra will have a full report on what transpired in the courtroom today. I'm not sure if that'll be the monologue on his Ezra Levant show, but... Uh, I know that uh, there's a story with all of his live tweets from the courtroom on uh, rebelnews.com. So if you're looking for more about what happened inside the courtroom, we were there on the ground giving live updates. You can catch that on rebelnews.com on the website there. And what a great opportunity for you to sign up for our emails, because thanks to... Justin Trudeau meddling and doing his best to extort from the social media companies, you won't be able to see this on Facebook or on Instagram or uh, thankfully you can still see it on Twitter. So um, it's a good reason to go to our landing page, put your um, email into the little pop up there so that you can stay in touch and get breaking updates as they happen.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I know we don't have a heck of a lot of time, and I was hoping to just get to something that's not on the agenda sure. here, Sheila, because it, it when I was driving into the office, uh, it was consuming all forms of talk radio. It was front page of the Toronto Sun. There you go. And uh, it's uh, the headline is Baboom. Uh, Mike Babcock, who was the brand new coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets in the NHL, just signed in July is already fired before uh, well, they call it resign, but it's, it's really being fired. And it is, I want to get your take on the story, Sheila. It's all about um, what happened with Babcock going to the hockey players on the team, insisting they hand over uh, their cell phones to him so that he could scroll through their photos. And You know, this is one of these stories, um, whether you're on the left, on the right, in the center, everyone is reacting with a what the hell kind of response. I haven't seen anyone go to bat for the coach saying, oh, yeah, this is completely normal. I mean, Sheila, what? You know, for It's an NHL story, but this could be somebody getting a job at Canada Packers or McDonald's or what have you. The idea of somebody, your superior, your boss, your manager, saying, hand over your phone, I want to scroll through the photos. Uh, What is it that Mike Babcock was hoping to find? I mean, it is so super creepy. It is such an invasion of privacy. I'll give you my theory. I think, and I could be wrong, but I can't think of any other reason you know, these hockey players, all these young studs, they're athletes, they're making millions of dollars. Maybe Babcock thinks, you know, these guys probably have some really hot girlfriends. Maybe there's some racy lingerie pitchers. Boy, I'm gonna enjoy uh this free show. Other than that, Sheila, I've got nothing. I mean, and right now, you know, so many people have photos on their cell phones let's go back to yesterday decade. let's say this was the 70s or the 80s there's no cell phones could you imagine a coach of an nhl team or any other organization saying sheila before I'm, um, you know we uh, get into business here can you bring in your family photo albums i just want to scroll through what <laughs> you put in your photo albums it would be equally outrageous um sheila uh what do you think what because I can't find anything along the lines of a motivation, an unspoken strategy, why it is that a hockey coach looking for redemption, looking for a job, he was fired from the Leafs back in 2019, uh, why he would do this and basically shoot himself in the foot. And by the way, is this a first? As I said, he was hired in July. They haven't played a single hockey game, not even an exhibition game, and he's already fired. Has any coach in pro sports history had their career ended before game one?
1: Unbelievable. Maybe he was looking to see if there were pictures of underage minor girls on their phones. Uh, Was it in August? Wander Franco from the Rays, um, MLB, was put on leave um, because of allegations um while authorities in the Dominican Republic his home country investigate uh whether or not he had a a relationship with i think a 14 year old girl yeah. maybe like maybe he was trying to protect the team and the league in his own weird creep show kind of way um just being maybe hypersensitive about these issues presenting themselves in other sports um i'm not sure well, why do I think that he's benevolent? He's just pr- probably just being a weirdo.
0: Jeez, Sh- Sheila, you should be his lawyer because um, that <laughs> would be, I mean, that would be kind of a good defense. I mean, I still think it's inappropriate. It's weird. It's least... weird. I don't like it. But yeah. yeah,
1: at least you'd have a reason.
0: it, it It's just fascinating. Um, if anyone want to weighs in and, and and I don't see any support for this and I just... You know, I'm beside myself. But if that was the reason, why doesn't he say that, Sheila? Why doesn't he say, I don't want a Tampa Bay Rays uh, situation to happen with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And I want to make sure that all the photos were on the up and up. Uh, But still, is that the role of a hockey coach? I mean, yeah, that's the thing. You know, geez, mind your own beeswax.
1: Um let's just talk about this because uh it's been this other thing. Guys, I'm sorry to put you on the spot and I know that we're supposed to Ephron, I know we're supposed to have a meeting right away. Um, but let's let's talk about this and um because I know it's been uh sent to us a few times in the company tips line. Uh people wanting our opinion. I don't really have one, um, except because I don't know really what's happening here. I'm just going to say that it seems Interesting, the timing and all. Hmm. Uh, so people have asked us to comment on Russell Brand. Yes. And uh, and I had no idea any of this was unfolding. Uh, as I said in the morning call, I'm just figuring out what day it is. I lived Friday literally twice by the time I flew back to Canada. Um, and then I was sort of turned around um, with jet lag for two days. Um, but apparently Russell Brand, um, British actor, British commenter, uh, podcaster. Um, and we wa I've watched him over the course of the pandemic move from new age weirdo who is mildly interesting. Like what I thought was just like a yoga guru, kind of a strange <laughs> crystals cure cancer kind of guy to, uh, Oh, a, a libertarian thought leader. You know, speaking to people like Jordan Peterson, and and really being anti-coercion and anti-mandate, and I I think his transition was quite sincere. Uh, He's sort of left behind the far left, and maybe he is still far left on, on social issues, but he seems to be anti-coercion. And lo and behold, over the weekend, four women have come forward, and he's a comedian and podcaster or whatever. And have accused him of sounds like I don't know if I could say that, sexual assault and abuse. And I don't know why these allegations are being made right now as he's fully transitioned into libertarian thought leader when he was the left-wing granola Birkenstock long hair hippie. None of these things ever presented themselves. And I don't know the timing. Seems striking to me. I, I make no insinuation about the veracity of these claims or the authenticity of them. All I'm saying is strange. That's all. Uh,
0: I share your opinion 100 percent, Sheila. Um, it's very weird, the timing, isn't it? Once he becomes libertarian, suddenly out of the woodwork come multiple claims of uh, sexual abuse. sexual. Yeah, all at once. Uh You know, so the timing is suspect and the, um, I I don't know, the the sheer volume of accusations uh, coming to the surface uh, at the same time, that's uh, suspect as well. It should be noted, um, in fairness Russell Brand, um, none of these allegations have been proven in a court of law yet. And
1: he denies them completely. And the initial investigation is just beginning. And his wife is pregnant right now, uh, with their child. And, um, you know, like his ex, his exes include Katy Perry and Kate Moss. Um, he, there's a lesson in here, by the way, brand insisted that while he was promiscuous in the past, maybe don't be promiscuous and you won't have these sorts of problems and allegations. (laughs) But anyway, his relationships have already, have always been consensual is what he says. So I don't know, just if you just don't do that whole promiscuous weird hippie sleeping around thing, then you won't have the opportunity for people to level these accusations against you.
0: But you know, Sheila, in fairness, even if you are promiscuous, as far as I'm concerned, if you're both adults and it's consensual, there's no crime there. All right.
1: Yeah. No, of course there's no yeah. crime there. I just make a, a, a like a moral distinction there, is all. Oh. Yeah. It's just <laughs> there's a reason why you don't do these things, and this is one of them. <laughs> By the way, um, so I just for people who have been emailing us and asking us what we think about it, there's what I think. I don't really know anything. I just think the timing is interesting.
0: Yeah, you know, and uh, I'd like to modify an old saying, Sheila, because over and over you hear, well, where there's smoke, there's fire. You know, guess what, folks? Sometimes where there's smoke, just a whole bunch of other smoke, no fire. So let's see this uh, play out. And, um, you know, but I will say this, Sheila, if these allegations are false, I think this is the most wicked thing you can do to a person. Uh, Oh, for sure. By the
1: way, they did this, they did this to Kevin Spacey. Did you know that Kevin Spacey was innocent? When the allegations against him went to court, he was not convicted. Mm. You don't know that, though. All you know is the allegations against him. I just listened to a podcast, uh, and I'm I'm an evangelist for the work that... Um, and McElhaney and Phelan McAleer do at the unreported stories society. Um, they have an incredible podcast. They did one on uh, Weinstein. What they did is they just went and got the trial transcripts and hired voice actors to read them every day. And if you listen to that podcast and then listen like to the trial transcripts verbatim versus what the mainstream media was reporting, you would have two wildly different opinions. And I know I did. And they uh, have done much the similar, uh, much similar with Kevin Spacey because Anne, who is also a, a, a filmmaker, somebody said she was looking for an actor for one of her films, and they that somebody suggested, well, why don't you hire Kevin Spacey? He needs work, and she was like, ooh, gross, no. And then the person who had suggested it said, you know that he's innocent, right? Like he 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 didn't do those things. The court mm. adjudicated him. And she was like, really? And she fancies herself to be a journalist, and she is, and she's a very smart woman, and she's the they're the people behind the Gosnell movie, and my son Hunter, and uh, Frack Nation. So smart, investigative journalist, and she's like, even I was duped. And so she did much the same thing, and they did the same thing to Kevin Spacey. And uh, so uh, his life is ruined. Um, his reputation is destroyed. The lie got around the world before the truth put its pants on. And I worry they're going to do the same thing to Russell Brand. Again, I don't know if any of it is true, but if it is not true, I don't think it even matters at this point. The damage is already done. So
0: Sheila, what was the unspoken strategy in terms of falsely accusing uh, Kevin Spacey? I mean, why did these accusers have an axe to grind with him in the first place?
1: Well, it was really accuser who spent uh, several years making allegations um, here and there, like a whisper campaign. And it was because Kevin Spacey, although I think everybody probably knew he was gay, he was never openly out. He would take his mom to award shows, whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of these people um, who sort of knew Kevin Spacey at the beginning, but his career didn't go the way Kevin Spacey's did was jealous. And he said, you know, Kevin Spacey was able to basically live a life in the closet while the rest of us are living life in the open and dealing with the ramifications of that. And so it was like just pure spite that because Kevin Spacey didn't out himself, they were going to destroy his life. And they did at the end of the day, and it didn't matter the truth. And Kevin Spacey, by the way, a pack rat, kept everything he ever touched in his entire life, and he was able to prove that the allegations against him were not true through paper. Like, not just recollections of he said, he said, but like he had the paper documentation. He had packed it away in a warehouse um, I, I forget where it was, but some like horrible, unglamorous place, warehouse of just paper and whatever. And he was able to find everything to exonerate himself.
0: What a terrible story. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, well, Sheila, I think we should get to, if we have yeah, any- Yeah, you better
1: believe it. Okay. We've got some chats. I'll get to them. Um, anyways, that's my, uh, uh, might I suggest, if you- uh, Anne McElhaney, They're Irish journalists, they're incredible, and they will blow your mind. And also, there's something to be said here. As Christians, as a Christian, we should reject the mob. Uh, Didn't we learn anything about Jesus and the mob? The Hmm. mob gets these things wrong, by the way. So we should reject the desire to go along with the mob because the person's politics disagree with ours. That's why a lot of conservatives jumped on the anti-Kevin Spacey bandwagon. They're like, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, these hollywood weirdos but the truth matters more than politics and so these two very conservative social conservative by the way journalists are the ones telling the true story of uh kevin spacey so don't be unbelievable hmm. anyway anyway um can't recommend their work enough uh wait, let's get to somebody's chats my buddy mike mayer freedom honey uh Great guy, married to the love of his life. Sherry, I'm very sorry I couldn't make the uh, wedding, but um, your pictures are beautiful and fun and just so perfectly Albertan. Lots of (laughs) guns in their wedding photos. I love it. Um, (laughs) Anyway, he gives us five bucks and says, my two favorite rebels. I'm curious if the radical union members plan to disrupt the protest Wednesday. They plan to. Uh, I'm not sure how effective they'll be. I mean, they're... Union Street team Antifa is threatening to be out in certain cities but we've got um we've got uh, security hired for our journalists and if you'd like to support that i think it's journalistdefensefund.com for those of you at home who want to donate to keep our journalists safe as they uh try to bring you the other side of the story it, I'm looking forward it, to the Edmonton one our, yeah Thanks, Mike, for going to that. I'm going to Regina, but I, uh, I look forward to your updates.
0: You know, Sheila, I want Mike to write back because he used that line my two favorite rebels. My question to Mike is if you had to make your Sophie's choice, who is it, me or it's Sheila? Me. Oh, I've really sure. put him on the spot now. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I, I think it's an easy choice. It's obviously me. Um, let's, speaking of. David Menzies being the favorite uh Annalisa 1964 sends 10 bucks and for those of you who don't know Annalisa has David Menzies in the bloodstream like a spike protein he's just swimming around in there um doing all kinds of damage and she gives us 10 bucks and says I sure have missed both of you
0: thank you Annalisa that's nice she's wonderful uh
1: she's the best world's worst gamer gives us a buck see we read the ones that are under the the value amount sometimes um world's worst gamer gives us a buck and says thanks rebel news well uh you're welcome thank, thank you thank you fraser mcburney fight the fines recidivist from hamilton <laughs> Ontario. uh fight the fines victor by the way he helped him with his protest tickets and the man loves his cap locks i don't know if Does his that mean he's, is he's yelling I I was going to say, I don't know if his keyboard is broken or if he's just super enthusiastic (laughs) um, or if he was just wants everybody to see what he's saying and making it stand out. But he gives us five bucks and he says, fantastic news. Every tree takes in 35 to 48 kilos of carbon a year. How many trees are in Canada? Over a billion trees. Can we ditch the carbon tax and start selling carbon credits to the loonies? You know, one time I uh, sat down and actually figured out. Uh, how much uh, carbon is absorbed by the trees in this country based on the acreage of estimated trees in the boreal forest. I don't know what I was doing that I didn't have something better to do, but I sat down (laughs) and figured it out. And we're obviously a carbon sink. And uh, the people who live on pavement and never leave the city, they might not know that most of this country is forested by the world's largest continuous forest, the boreal. So... Um, I don't know, spread the news in Hamilton that we have lots of trees, if you wouldn't mind, that'd be helpful. Thanks.
0: And you know what, Sheila, to your point, I never fully understood how big this country was until I was working in northeast Alberta. And uh, the publisher couldn't go on a fishing trip in the Northwest Territories. So you fly out, I think it was to Hay River, and then you get on a bush plane and for hours and hours, you are flying over completely Nothing. uninhabited, <laughs> you know, forest, and it was really a hell of a moment for me uh, in terms of the sheer size of this nation. So you're right. If you're in some congested urban center living in a 800 square condominium, you don't get that appreciation until you get out of that congested urban center.
1: Yeah, we had an Australian on our Israel trip with us. Uh, I'm not talking about Avi, but another gentleman who had said that he he came to Canada one time. He just rented a car and then just drove. And he said he wanted to see just how big Canada was. So he drove to Cold Lake, Bonneville area and then just kept going north. And he's like, there are no people for (laughs) days and days and days. All you see is trees and wildlife for days. It like blew his mind. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anyway, let's keep going. Uh, Fraser McBurney says, uh, welcome back. Fantastic reports from the Middle East, educational and fun. Well, thank you. I think I have one coming out today um, about an interview with the uh, Muslim man um, in Dubai who with his own money, really. It just blew my mind. Uh, Founded the Crossroads of Civilization Museum. It's a private museum. And the things I saw in there, like the Christian artifacts, the Jewish artifacts, there's a Holocaust museum part. There's a part of the museum that... um, forces people to remember the jewish ties this to the land of israel because he's mm-hmm. like sometimes my people forget um <laughs> and like the the christian artifacts that you would uh, you can't even imagine that they're in a private collection like a pre-schism bible he has yeah. um it, it just the I, I just couldn't believe what i was seeing and um because it, the uh dubai truly benefits from the abraham accord so this yeah. um it, it, it's a For a dictatorship, surprisingly free and tolerant, there's a different way forward for the Middle East other than poverty and war. And Dubai shows us that. Hundred percent. Okay, Uh, Kevin Tennant gives us two bucks. I was in Walmart yesterday and saw a new product called Cracker Jill, as opposed to Cracker Jack. No kidding. No. You know what? I took a picture of this a while ago. (sighs) It was on my Facebook. um, Cracker Jill, and I was like, okay, great. Uh, We've solved the problem problem with misogyny once again. We're being led the way by junk food, much the same way Hershey's forced Faye Johnstone into the common parlance of the nation, now Cracker Gel. That's the thing. Like, I was, I was going to buy Cracker Jacks and just drive up my insulin with garbage, but then I said, no, I'm totally not. But now they have Cracker Gel, so now I'm going to, like, who falls for this stuff? Um,
0: I, my first question, Sheila, given the time in which we live, is... Cracker Jill, Cracker Jack's sister, or just a different character in the Cracker Nation, or has Cracker Jack transitioned into uh, Cracker Jill? Because if that's the case, um, holy Bud Light. Holy target! Uh, wh- why can't these big corporations just once say, you know what? For uh, I assume for that confection, a century, a century we've been selling Cracker Jacks, and for another century we're going to sell Cracker Jacks. And if you want to create your own confection called something Jill, go for it. But we're going to keep it as Cracker Jack. But so, but my question uh, remains, Sheila. Uh, Is this another character or has Jack become Jill?
1: Why can't they just make the garbage food and shut up? (laughs) That's what I don't understand. Just feed us the garbage food and shut up. Also, I'm reliably informed that cracker is a racist term uh, meant to denigrate white people. Apparently, that is totally acceptable for cracker Jack or whoever makes this. Garbage. You know, that's that's um, an excellent point. You th- know, for them, uh, the objectionable thing was the fact that it was all male and not that it has this like anti-white connotation with the name. Jeez, I think there's a
0: monologue there somewhere, but um you're right. What could Let we it out, use? David. <laughs> what could we use to re- replace cracker? Uh, how can we make that more politically correct? Because you're right, you know, cracker is a uh, you know, I mean, you know. In all honesty, I think the derogatory names for white people are really so lame. They're boring. Uh, you know, cracker, munja cake honky you know if anyone was furious and was yelling at me and said you honky i think i would laugh i would burst out (laughs)
1: laughing i would burst out laughing
0: i would just think of the honky tonk man right yeah i would be like what
1: year is this
0: (laughs) so so two things i think we have to invent some really heinous term for white people because the current terms don't exist but if you were to replace cracker um what would the word be because i guess that's where this uh, company is going down the road you're inviting
1: (laughs) a slew of racist comments can you just not david uh we're done uh this is going nowhere good let's i think we have all the comments we'll go out on a clip from ezra levant um we'll just sign off the show and then if our viewers want to stick around we've got a clip of ezra leaving the courtroom. Uh, to meet with the protesters outside in support of Pastor Art. Uh, David, if you wouldn't mind buttoning up the show.
0: hundred percent. Well, thank you so much for tuning in, folks, especially those who gave a donation. It's how we do keep the uh, power on here. And, of course, to our super producers, Efren and Olivia, behind the board and to my beloved co-host, uh, Sheila gunn Reid, I believe I am already on assignment tomorrow, folks, and I won't be here Wednesday either because of uh, the Million Man uh, protest. So um, two other Rebel News uh, employees shall be taking the reins tomorrow and nobody on Wednesday. So I will see you back here, I presume, on Thursday. And in the meantime, as always, stay safe and stay sane